why would you just give your money away? He's like, it took you how long to save? Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are still going with our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no. Yes, podcast, lessons, learning, journey. There's just oh. voyage. I, I, I didn't know what to say, but we're back. What's Good morning. Up? So today we're going to go over the Gold Lander of Babylon from the Richest Man of Babylon. It's a great chapter, and Amanda and Connor are going to do the first half. If you guys want to take over from here, sure. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm actually double excited about this one because we really prepared, so it's going to be interesting to see how it comes out. No, I'm really excited. We're always trying new things, and it seems to be working out so far. Hope everybody's been enjoying. All right, so the chapter starts out with this man named Rodan. He says, 50 pieces of gold. Never before had Rodan, the spear maker of old Babylon, carried so much gold in his leather wallet. Happily down the king's highway from the palace of his most liberal majesty, he strode. Cheerfully, the gold clinked as the wallet at his belt swayed with each step, the sweetest music he had ever heard. Fifty pieces of gold, all his. So he gets paid and he's just walking around shaking his change for everybody to hear it. I think, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't know about it, but I think people would say uh, uh, new money, new money or something like that. You know, when you take your money and you yeah. flaunter it. Without Can you show it off? Uh, I've is never it, heard is that. It new term. money, yeah, like new money, because old money, yeah, old money doesn't flaunt, doesn't display it. <laughs> There's this man named Rodan. He is got a bunch of gold. We're not really sure why, but he's walking around town, fifty gold pieces in his pocket, and he's feeling like a boss. He's kind of letting everybody know, like here it is, flaunting around town, clinging, clacking. And he's looking for somebody <laughs> to And he's looking for any opportunity money. to blow it. He's thinking about robes and jewelries and new shoes. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like he wasn't tempted. He just... No, he says right here, what power in these clinks? These could purchase anything I wanted. A grand house, land, castle, camels, horses, chariots, whatever I might desire. So he is thinking, what... He, but he's like, what? What do I even want? I could, you know, like I could buy one shirt. I could buy, you know, I got fifty gold. I could really. He's like, I can buy anything. <laughs> oh right, yeah, and when that's why that's why when he went to see the marathon, then he didn't even look at the stuff that was because for he sale. only had one he, thing in his mind. Yeah, he was like, he didn't care. Oh yeah, doesn't yeah. it say he like storms right through? Yeah, it does. Glancing neither in the right nor the mm. left at the colorful articles artfully displayed he passed through to the living quarters at the rear he was on a mission where was he going we're off to go see our main man methan now who seems to be the smartest man in this town at least he's the boss he's a merchant he's and a banker is that the deal it's because he's talking about all the stuff he had yeah yeah Ju he i think it was jewelry fabrics rare fabrics and money what else do you need right so rodan comes in and he's speaking to methan 
I would consult with thee, for I know not what to do. Rodan stood stolidly, feet apart, hairy breast exposed by the gaping from his leather jacket. Mathon narrows shallow face smiled friendly greeting. What indiscretions hast thou done? That thou should seek the lender of gold. Has been unlucky at the game table? Or hath some plumped dame entangled thee? For many years have I known thee, yet... Never hath thou sought me to aid thee in thy troubles. Oh. So they obviously know each other for a couple of years, it seems. And he's never once ever came in, not even for like a small loan for his house or anything. It's like, what are you doing here? His response is, no, no, not such as that. I seek no gold. Instead, I crave the wise advice. Here, here. What is this man doth say? No one comes to the lender of gold for advice. My ears must be playing me false. They listen true. Can this be, Rodan, the spear maker? Doth display more cunning than all the rest? For he comes to Mathon, not for the gold, but for the advice. Many men come for the gold to pay for their follies. But for advice, they want it not. Yet who is more able to advise than the lender of gold? To whom many men come in trouble. He is literally shocked. Like, no, people come to him all day saying, I need money. This is why. I don't care. Just give me the money and then walk out. But he's like, hey, I have money, but what what the heck do I do with it? All right, so. Uh, well, maybe. I, I was just wondering if it, if it, if that was like a, well, actually, it kind of is a commentary to what happens nowadays, too, where people in the present will not um, choose They'll go for uh, mo- quick money over wisdom. I was going to say last week well, that was a big subject. Yeah. Wisdom comes first. I find it really amazing that nobody else has ever thought about that. Like he's, it just seems like that would be the most practical, but he's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I got a lot of money. Ask to the one advice. guy who would, yeah, he, I mean, it's his job to know how to handle money. Cause if he doesn't know how to handle it, he has none for everyone else to use so but no one puts that much thought into it in real life that's it's i think it, it's true in real life not just for the book if we go to um well you'll have to pay in real life but actually if you go to the bank do they provide do they give you financial advice? yeah i was wondering do they give you books or that, you, always you know this pay? was supposed to be a tablet for the bank do they still give you mm-hmm. some sort of oh i know that i yeah like a ledger no, they do that. But I was wondering if lessons, they they do tutorials oh. online. But huh, maybe community colleges have free seminars, free lessons. Yeah, would be interesting. Dude, we need a we need a temple of learning <laughs> yes, in real we life. Yes, that, that would be great. You could build one well, and they will come. I guess this is what we're doing right now. This is our temple. I mean, temple you of could learning. call it a library. No, because you're not allowed to talk in there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you cannot teach. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk. Quiet. How can you teach if you cannot talk? <laughs> All right. So Mathen says in response, he says, Thou shalt eat with me, Rodan, and you shall be my guest for the evening. And then he goes on to ask him, What's your problem? How can I help you? And Rodan starts to explain that he doesn't know. Basically, he says um, he doesn't really know how to tell people no when they ask for a little chunk of his gold and his riches. 
now I get once you get money, everybody comes and says, oh, can I have a little piece? And in this instance, it's his sister and she wants to borrow some money so that her husband can start up his business or restart it. He wants to be a merchant. Okay. Start up. Her husband has always had the dream to be a merchant, but has lacked the capital gains to start. At least that's her theory on why he has not started. Yeah, that's an important footnote. <laughs> So Mathen has a story to tell about the situation. He says, did you ever hear of the farmer of Nineveh who could understand the language of animals? I wot not, for tis not the kind of tale men like to tell over a bronze caster's forge. I will tell it to thee now, for thou should know that to borrowing and lending there is more than the passing of gold from the hands of one to the hands of another. That's deep. This farmer who could understand what the animals said to each other did linger in the farmyard each evening just to listen to their words. One evening he did hear the ox bemoaning to the ass the hardness of his lot. I do labor pulling the plow from morning until night. No matter how hot the day or how tired my legs or how they both doth chafe my neck, still must I work. But you are a creature of leisure. You are trapped with a colorful blanket and do nothing more than carry our master about where he wishes to go. When he goes nowhere, you do rest and eat the green grass all day. <laughs> Sounds like the ass is just pretty lazy, right? No, he's, he's just got an easy life. To, yeah, he just got lucky. Okay. Now the ass, in spite of his vicious heels, was a goodly fellow and sympathized with the ox. My good friend, he replied, you do work very hard and I would help ease your lot. Therefore, will I tell you how you may have a day at rest? In the morning, when the slave comes to fetch you to the plow, lie upon the ground and bellow much that he may see that you are sick and you cannot work. So the ox took the advice of the ass, and the next morning the slave returned to the farmer and told him the ox was sick and could not pull the plow. Then, said the farmer, hitch the ass to the plow, for the plowing must go on. All that day the ass, who had only intended to help his friend, found himself compelled to do the ox's task. When night came and he was released from the plow, his heart was bitter and his legs were weary and his neck was sore where the bow had chafed it. The farmer lingered in the barnyard to listen. The ox began first. You are my good friend. Because of your wise advice, I have enjoyed a day of rest. <laughs> and I, retorted the ass, am like many other simple-hearted one who starts to help a friend, ends up by doing his task for him. Hereafter, you draw your own plow, for I did hear the master tell the slave to send for the butcher were you sick again. I wish he would, for you are a lazy fellow. <laughs> what? Wow. Therefore, they spoke to each other no more, and this ended their friendship. Can you One day. Yeah. That's all it took to ruin their whole friendship. So what's the moral? Well, animals live less, so a day might be like a week for them. I don't know. <laughs> Could be a month. That must have been a hard pull. If he had to come back wow. that bitter, I mean, that that means that his work was. I think he learned the lesson fast. That's what happened. But he could have not gotten bitter. Yeah. I uh, feel like because uh, it's on him at that point. He decided yeah. to open his big mouth. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was being a bit extreme. But then again, the ox started taking advantage of it too. Well, I mean, no, this is just like bull or whatever you want to call it. But it's a good thing because. The ox to pull that probably doesn't get even get half as hurt as that poor little donkey who has to work three times as hard. It might it seems like a lot of work, but to him it's probably like just he just walks. But that donkey probably had to like really try to keep up that amount of work. Yeah, wasn't wasn't used. Well, yeah, an ox is probably built built more for that type of work. So Rodan says it's a good it's a good tale, but I don't see the moral. 
And he says, I thought not that you would, but it is there and it's simple too. It's just this. If you desire to help thy friend, do so in a way that will not bring thy friend's burdens upon thyself. I freaking love that. Yeah, don't make other people's problems your Absolutely. problem. I tell people that all the time. All the time. And it's easy because everybody has problems and you want to help people. So I find it hard to wish I could help more, but... Then again, helping becomes almost a crutch. Before I read that, it was hard for me to say no. If somebody came and asked for help, I would, I would basically take ownership of their problems, and it wasn't, it's, it, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy at all. Now that I, because of that lesson, I can say no when, when it's necessary. It's just, it's just so much liberating, so better, so much better. You don't feel so indirect, like the cause of their pain or anything. Yeah. Oh, I definitely don't feel bad. And I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. Well, I, I wish I could help, but I don't have the means right now so that that honor is gonna have to be fallen well i learned this lesson the hard way people at work kept all asking they'd blow their paycheck before the end of the week and i was young so i lived with my parents so i always had a lot of money i didn't you know i didn't really have any bills or nothing so they would all oh well can i borrow 100 bucks and i'd loan someone and then you know three weeks later i'm begging them to give it back to me so i can and not that i need the money i just was like i'm sick of being mad about it yeah, yeah and they always make you feel like like, why are you being so rude about this? You said I could borrow it. Well, then, you know, the next week someone asked me, can I borrow some money? And I was like, no, this just like this just happened to me. I'm not I will not loan to friends anymore because if I know you like it just becomes this like burden where it's like, where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? And you're like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to. But if you don't, they'll be like, oh, I don't have to pay you back. Yeah. It's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I had decided to make that a thing years and years ago. I got sick and tired of loaning people money and letting their problem being short become my problem. And I t- was telling some, it was somebody who I knew I was super close to, but I was just telling them, I go, yeah, I've decided I'm not going to loan out money anymore because people never want to pay it back. And I kid you not, immediately after asking that or saying that their daughter goes well could i just borrow 20 dollars? i looked straight at him and i said did you not hear what i just said i'm not loaning out money like sorry i'm not doing it they're like really i'm like yeah not doing it you have to put your foot down and not feel bad about it i feel like because others people will take advantage and continue to make their burden yeah i don't think it's on purpose i don't think anyone was out there to like steal my money it was more like oh well i'll get the money next week and then when next week come, all the same problems they had last week where they couldn't get that 100 bucks together, well, now they can't get 200 bucks together, one to pay me and one to pay their bills. Exactly. So it's like, it's a vicious circle that will never end. And you don't need to be in the middle of it if it's yep. not you. So I just yeah. have a question for yeah. all of you, the three of you who have answered this question, all basically in the same manner. Do you have any suggestions on how you would help them, though, as a friend? without giving them money maybe because all i've heard you say is figure it out yourself it's not my problem hmm. but they're so your you're friend some advice i mean shouldn't well, you they were co-workers can't so. you can't you offer anything i'm just asking like you might have some information or some suggestions or some encouragement like you could still help them in another way you can tell them to pay attention to what unnecessary but, things yeah maybe help them with a budget on. is it rude i was just gonna say is it rude to be like well, have you ever tried to budget or have you ever wrote, how's your budget look? Like, is that a rude statement? It doesn't sound half as rude as figure it out so. yourself. It's not my problem. I, mean, I, I think it depends on 
how you say it, but I don't think it's I, I agree. I, I, I think I have some experience in this. The first, you, it's important to, um, to be 100% certain that the help they're asking for is legit. If, if they really need the help and want the help, then that is and true. your friends, then you should help. Yeah, because it, most of the time they're not asking for help. They just want to borrow a yeah, quick $20. They yeah. don't care about yeah. their paycheck being blown every week. So, yeah, like, uh, exactly. So if if you establish that the help is actually real, then if if I cannot take ownership of that problem, then I will make sure that they are led in the right direction. Yeah, I wouldn't help someone that doesn't that doesn't come to you and ask for help because you're just going to be doing circles yeah. and you're wasting your time. Exactly. So you wouldn't help you wouldn't help a friend who's in trouble. Um, well, it, of course you would. There's a point where you have to interfere, but helping we're talking about help if they don't want the help then you should know there's there abs there's absolutely no no point no point on even trying so yeah because then again that'd be you're trying to take on their burdens of them not wanting a budget mm -hmm. you're like i'm gonna teach them yeah, i'm that's gonna teach worse. them and it's like you can only lead a horse to water but yeah but so let's say you don't you don't have the time or the patience to teach them how to budget, then then it would be a good thing for you to take them to lessons or introduce them to somebody who can. Or even give them this podcast. Or suggest a book. I also feel like you shouldn't have to feel like you have to teach them. I don't think you should have to feel like that either. I don't think you should have to teach them. I just meant if you know more than someone else, you don't you think you should offer or suggest it? Yeah, and they, he was agreeing with that yeah. as long as they are open to sure. it. There's people who are, don't care. Like, Well, yeah, I didn't say force it. I, whatever. They want that money, and whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. They just want that money. Right. Well, they no. want a lesson. That's different, but I'm just saying, well, no, I can't really give you any cash, but you know, I can help you out with a budget, and that might help you in the future. And some, some people might be like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Okay, so then you wanted to talk about the box, and I think that's the next part is how he explains how he loans out his Into money. The room, he brought a chest. He brings out a chest, and inside of it is a bunch of things that everybody has to give to him. He calls them tokens as for the loan instead of like nowadays you give up your house, but back then he did it by people's word and by their valuables. So if you owned a camel, you would give some camel hair, meaning that you would take the camel if you didn't pay. <laughs> it's really odd. Yeah, like a collateral. Yeah, exactly. I would take a camel. Well, yeah, money or camel, either way. <laughs> I mean, it'd be kind of awesome to have a camel. He says, from each person to whom I lend, I do exact a token from my token chest to remain there until the loan is repaid. When they repay, I give back. But if they never repay, it will always remind me of one who was not faithful to my confidence. I don't really like that because some of the stories he tells, it's not all about them not having confidence. Life happens, and sometimes you you won't be able to repay because you're no longer alive. <laughs> you're no longer alive. <laughs> so it's not like they betrayed his word. They just they didn't plan on dying. <laughs> I think those are special circumstances. Amanda's going to read us a nice tale. All right, so there's one good story I wanted to, I wanted to read. It's about two tokens from this box. 
Mathon released the clasp and opened the lid. Rodan leaned forward eagerly. At the top of the chest, a bronze neck piece lay upon a scarlet cloth. Mathon picked up the piece and patted it affectionately. This shall always remain in my token chest because the owner has passed on and into the great darkness. I treasure it, his token, and I treasure his memory, for he was my good friend. We traded together with much success until out of the east he brought a woman to wed, beautiful, but not like our women. That's how every story starts. She was a dazzling creature. (laughs) He spent his gold lavishly to gratify her desires. He came to me in distress when his gold was gone. I counseled with him. I told him I would help him to once more master his own affairs. He swore by the sign of the great bull that he would, but it was not to be. In a quarrel, she thrust a knife into the heart he dared her to pierce. And she, questioned Rodan. Yes, of course, this was hers. He picked up the scarlet cloth. In bitter remorse, she threw herself into the Euphrates. These two loans will never be repaid. This chest tells you, Rodan, that humans in the throes of great emotions are not safe risks for the gold lender. (laughs) (laughs) I might have had a word. Yeah, I didn't even know what to say the first time I heard that. It's clearly like the perfect story, though. A man, he's good with his money, knows what to do, falls in love with a woman, she blows all his money, he swears by the gods, or (laughs) he's going to get it back, and then she stabs him in the heart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he dies because of her. Oh, that's physically funny. and mentally nope. stabbed him in the heart. Nope. That's why men always die first. And then there's one more though. This one says here now. This one is different. He reached for a carved ring of an ox bone. This belongs to a farmer. I buy the rugs of his women. The locusts came and they had no food. I helped him, and when the new crop came, he repaid me. Later he came again and told of strange goats in a distant land, as described by a traveler. They had long hair so fine and soft it would weave into rugs more beautiful than any ever seen in Babylon. He wanted a herd, but he had no money. So I did lend him gold to make the journey and bring back goats. Now his herd is begun, and next year I shall surprise the lords of Babylon with the most expensive rugs it has been their good fortune to buy. Soon I must return his ring. He doth insist on repaying promptly. Some borrowers do that? If they borrow for purposes that bring money back to them, I find it so. But if they borrow because of their indiscretions, I warn thee to be cautious if thou wouldst ever have thy gold back in thy hand again. That's kind of what I was saying, is that, or what we were all saying, is that you could tell that some people are, like, excited or, like, they they have a goal in mind where other people are just shooting purely for the cash and no goal, just... This will solve my problem. Give me the money now. Yeah, you can tell some people really have a plan. and Yeah, he wanted to buy Ox, and he knew that. Even their attitude and their demeanor when they're, when they're talking, how they express themselves, you can see that they're excited about it, and they're actually into it, depending on someone who's just like, yeah, I need, I lost, help me. Yeah, I've gambled <laughs> everything away. Give me some money. I could double my, it all. My life is over. I don't know what to do. Like... <laughs> Or the guy's like, oh, I'm poor right now, but... But I'm going to fix it, I and this is how. If I bucks, I could go buy this and turn it all around. Hmm. I like that. Well, it feel, it looks like the, the, the stories start to take a turn into the positive note, because um, there's a... One of the tokens is just some knots on a rope, and those are the tokens that are given... Well, those are the tokens that represent loans that were given to merchants or business owners of the city and uh, Mathon just freely lends them money because they know how it works so they can get it back and pay 
a problem. There's no need to be worried about like, oh, are they gonna make the money back? Right. Yeah. It's it. I think that would that would be the equivalent to like a black uh, American Express card. <laughs> I think those ones that have no no limits to their funds. Let me read this. This continued Mathon, waving a bit of pack waving a bit of pack rope tied into a knot belongs to Nebator, the camel trader. When he would buy a herd larger than his funds, he brings to me this knot, and I lend to him according to his needs. He is a wise trader. I have confidence in his good judgment and can lend him freely. Many other merchants of Babylon have my confidence because of their honorable behavior. Their tokers come and go frequently in my token box. Good merchants are an asset to our city, and it profits me to aid them to keep the to keep trade moving. That Babylon be prosperous. That's like real power. You can just walk into the bank loaner, or the bank loan, and just give him a knot and be like, "Give me ten grand." And he's like, "Here you go." <laughs> he doesn't need anything else. Proof. He's like, "I know this." Maybe, well, not that exactly, but I feel like that's how it kind of becomes even now. Once you got a good enough structure once you, with the bank. Yeah, once you establish a good enough relationship with the bank and they know you're good for your word, then they'll just hand you loan. Yeah, especially if you go to like a local bank in town and they get to know you on a personal basis after a couple rounds with you. They're just like, oh, hey, how much you need? That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be sweet. I mean, I'm sure you probably still have to show proof of things. but Not as hard. You know. Yeah, they're not like, here, give us your whole 10-year backstory so we can decide if we're going to give you five grand. Because I've already got it. They're like, oh, you need $500,000, a million dollars. Here you go. Yeah, they, they keep they keep a history of all of, like, if you have a mortgage and you've been late, they, they'll know. So if you've always been on time with your payments, they can see that. So it, it's easy for them to decide. The more business you do also, the more collateral you have for for bigger loans oh that's true so it's just it's just it gets mm -hmm. easier it just it overall gets easier. it it feels unfair because the more you get the more you keep getting but it's just i don't know it's like gravity it's I guess. that's law why you money. just gotta take yeah, that just first gravity. step and then it, just keep going as we yeah we say constantly mm -hmm. the first step's the hardest but the rest of them seem to get smaller and smaller gets easier every time and it's like a snowball too Eventually, there's going to be rocks, you know, that are going to bust half of it chunks off. <laughs> out of your snowball along the way. Yeah, but, you know, it'll keep rolling. Then you'll have two snowballs rolling down the hill. <laughs> there you go. It's just a couple bruises. All right. Okay, so let's. So there's a few other tokens, and they they they, they all represent different uh, lessons that Mathon, that Mathon learned. But he keeps going, and then Rodan says, I, well, you know, I, I, I appreciate all this wisdom, but uh, I still don't know what to do about my sister. And I, that's really what's bothering me. So, so Mathon uh, tells Rodan the following. So because thy sister is a sterling woman whom I do much esteem, should her husband come to me and ask to borrow 50 pieces of gold, I should ask him for what purpose would he use it, which is good advice. <laughs> don't just... Then Mundus asked why. If he answered that he desired to become a merchant like myself and deal in jewels and rich furnishings, I would say, What knowledge have you of the ways of trade? 
Do you know where you can buy at lowest cost? Do you know where you can sell at a fair price? Could he say yes to these questions? No, he could not, Rodan admitted. He has helped me much. He has helped me much in making spears, and he has helped me some in the shops. Then would I say to him that his purpose was not wise? Merchants must learn their trade. His ambition, though worthy, is not practical, and I would not lend him any gold. But supposing he could say yes, I have helped merchants much. I know how to travel to Smyrna and to buy at low cost the rocks the housewives weave. I also know many of the rich people in Babylon to whom I can sell this at a large profit. Then I would say, your purpose is wise and your ambition honorable. I shall be glad to lend you the 50 pieces of gold if you can give me security that they will be returned. But would he say, I have no security other than that I am an honored man and will pay you well for the loan? Then I would reply, I treasure much each piece of gold were the robbers to take it from you as your journey to Smyrna, or take the rocks from you as your return, then you would have no means of repaying me, and my gold would be gone. Dude, a couple, so many things to say about this story. <laughs> so many, <laughs> For real. Yeah. What, going backwards, when he says, look, if, if he comes to you for money, then that kind of creates a dichotomy in yourself because he's passed on a responsibility. And now you're the one who has to decide whether you want to do something or not. He's just passive. He, he went from being a person who needed to take action to, you know, putting that, uh, that direct responsibility of taking action to somebody else, a.k.a. the person who needs to take the decision whether to lend the money or not. That's not fair. So what he says instead pass the responsibility back to them and ask them why why do you want the money and then can you back up your why if they can then all right then move along if they can't then move back well in all our stories earlier did anyone have did they ever ask why or were they you already knew you were like this guy i mean i knew for people for work it was probably they were just all terrible with money that's why they needed it i mean that's what i assume <laughs> yeah but our problem was that we asked them the why, and then we never um, made sure that they had the means to repay it back. We knew the reason they were borrowing was because they didn't have means to pay it back. So it was just, it was just a dumb deal that we made. It's <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I have made it so many times. But look, he he doesn't go. He but then he made like a really wise change of tone. Because he, he says, all right, so you gave me the why. That's fine. That's your responsibility. But now, because because there's a no, you, the, your why was not enough. And I, sadly, I have to say no. I cannot say no to you. That might be rude. Instead, I'm going to say no to the circumstances around you. I'll be like, hey, what if you get robbed? Like, what if you become a victim of something? Then that's going to make me a victim too. So sadly, I, it doesn't make sense for me to to do this. And that's how you, in personally, you're not, yeah, saying, you're not saying no to him. Yeah. Right? You're not shooting down his idea because that's where people will be like, well, but I really want to do this. I, I, I could, I want to be a merchant. I've always dreamed about it. But he's like, it's not that I don't believe you're going to be a merchant. I believe that someone will rob you. Like people yeah. suck. Or someone could. <laughs> And it's just not a chance that I'm, I'm willing to take. 
I, lo- I love that. That's a really good. No, yeah. that's a really. I guess I didn't even get that the first time till right now. He makes a point about gold being, in a way, uh, time. Oh, that part yeah. was beautiful. Uh, oh, but I think, yeah, lead up. Then go to her and say, three years I have labored each day except fast days, from morning until night, and I have denied myself many things that my heart craved. For each year of labor and self-denial, I have to show one piece of gold. Thou art my favorite sister, and I wish thy husband may engage in business in which he will prosper greatly. If he will submit to me a plan that seems wise and possible to my friend Mathon, then will I gladly lend him my savings of an entire year, and he may have an opportunity to prove that he can succeed. Do that, I say, and if he has within him the soul to succeed, he can prove it. If he fails, he will not owe thee more than he can hope someday to repay. Awesome context. That's like the perfect solution. The What's the context? The context was that Mathon makes one gold. No, Mathon can save one gold a year. Like after paying everything, after paying all the bills, he saves one gold a year. Doesn't he ask him? He's like, how long or how much money do you yeah. have saved up? And he's like, oh, only three gold pieces. And he's like, so then for the last three years, you've made a gold piece a year, which I guess I never thought about it that way with my own money. I never I was like. How much have I saved from this? You know, I got a hundred bucks in the bank, but if you think about that, that's like three dollars a paycheck. Like, not Dude, even. yeah. Because like, what I do is that I just take, I consider it's like how much do I make an hour, but instead I should do how much am I saving an hour. Mm, I like that yeah, metric much for better. Real. Evolution. I like how <laughs> Mathon basically says to him. He's like, why would you just give your money away? He's like, it took you how long to save this? So he's three yeah. years of your life. Can you imagine? He's like, don't just like, hand it over. And you want to give up 50? <laughs> he's like, you 50 years of your life. Yeah. to somebody. Well, I mean, and it's like you sit there and you withhold things from yourself. It's like, oh, I wanted this new coat. But guess what? You didn't buy yourself that new coat because you were trying to put your money away so why would you just give your money to, away to somebody else and i feel like mathon kind of brings that to light a little bit more when he's talking to him and then i feel like he's kind of like oh yeah you're right well my favorite part is where he says write up a plan and give it to my friend mathon so that because he is a lender of money and also a merchant so if anybody knows anything about either of those two it would be him so he's like if if he verifies that this is a good plan I don't know. I just think about it, like, say someone wanted to be a bartender and they were going to open up a bar. Well, I guess I'd be like, well, have you let me send this letter to my friend Juan who knows something. If he reads this, they're going to be like, um, well, in my years, this guy knows nothing about bartending. Do not loan him your money. <laughs> like, yeah. Does this guy know how to make drinks? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even know what alcohol is like. <laughs> yeah. This. Y- y- this help this reminds me to go to the right people for help a lot of times we go to our parents or our family and friends and they're really not equipped to help us out there there's it we should be going to to the brick maker for brick making <laughs> advice 
<laughs> I was just gonna say that our parents are good at what they know. So if you know your your dad's a constructor, construction worker, well then he'll, you should go to him for construction. But don't go to him for banking because he's probably not a banker. Yeah, my mom's really good at listening. She'll listen all day long to my problems and then go, "Oh, I don't know, sweetheart. What do you think?" <laughs> like that's not helpful. <laughs> no offense, mom. Yeah. Then he goes on to say. Uh, so this is him basically saying to not be fooled by unrealistic plans or promises of unreal, unrealistic amounts of money being returned to you. Therefore, be not swayed by the fantastic plans of impractical men who think they see ways to force their goal to make earnings unusually large. Such plans are the creations of dreamers unskilled in the safe and dependable law of trade. Be conservative in what thou expect it to earn and thou mayest keep and enjoy thy treasure to hire it out with the promise of usurious returns is to invite loss seek to associate thyself with men and enterprises whose success is established that thy treasure may earn liberally under their skillful use and be guarded safely by their wisdom and experience so basically don't lend don't listen and lend your money out to people who don't know what they're talking about. I feel like it's more like don't loan to people who are promising. Like, if you give me a hundred bucks, I'll give you back 150 tomorrow. Well, the guy doesn't even have a hundred bucks today. How yeah, does last... he expect to have double that tomorrow? But if he says, I'll give you 110 bucks back mm-hmm. in a week. Well, that guy's a little more yeah, realistic. That, that, like, I think that oh, last that, that's a reasonable profit. It's, it's basically, if <laughs> I like how Alita put it much more bluntly. I want to have Mathon as my friend, man. That's that's the wisdom. That's the wisdom that we get from Mathon. Uh, well, after that, Rodan thanks him. Ah, here comes Mathon's one-liner. Better a little caution than a great regret. Yeah. <laughs> that sums up the whole no, chapter. No, that's literally perfect. Better a little caution than a great... No, I feel like it's kind of like the story with the ass. It's that he... You know, if he loans his his sister the money, he's going to end up just hating them and they won't talk anymore or anything like it's not just the, oh, here's 50 gold and oh, you lost it, whatever. It then becomes so much more personal and you're like that loser took all my money. And like for the ass, if he had been just a little cautious with his thoughts (laughs) and then his suggestions before he said them out loud, he might have realized Maybe the farmer only owned one ox. And wait a minute, someone's going to have to do the work. Like if he had thought just for a minute before he spoke, he, he could have actually predicted what would have happened to him if he had, you know what I mean? So just think before you act. Well, don't, because the, the ox, I think uh, the donkey, the ass, <laughs> was, be, was trying to be nice. So he must have not even you know, considered his rationality at that point. Yeah, like you said, you have to. Yeah, exactly. But you should, otherwise, it's gonna bite you. Mm-hmm. Start future problems. It's, they could have come up with. It's not enough to be. No, nice. it's okay. Sorry. They could have come up with another solution. Maybe I don't know, but there could have been another solution. Run away. Yeah, like you. Yeah, like, <laughs> they uh, both. Maybe he could have been like, "I'll help you." Like, yeah. <laughs> T- take a small break. I'll help you out. Yeah, if this guy right. can talk to cows and stuff, oh. why is he a farmer? That's the one thing I didn't understand. Do it. <laughs> Do it. 
a practic I have a practical application to this. So ever since I learned this, whenever I lend a book, I say, okay, you have to give it back in three weeks. So it forces them read to, it. well, I'm giving my book back because people don't give book backs. And then it forces them to read don't it. Don't show them the book we stole. You all currently can't see. <laughs> that was a I'm, gift. Hold, I'm holding up this gift. book. The richest man in Babylon one gave it to me like six or seven years ago. <laughs> I'm just now reading it and I'm never giving it back. <laughs> no. Oh, that's cute. Thanks. It's a great gift. <laughs> it is a great gift. Should give everyone a copy. I do feel like when you gave me that book, though, you were like, hey, read this. And you, you wanted it back. It was legit like a million years ago. Yeah. Crazy times. Patience pays off. Yeah. Well, we're friends, so. Patience pays off. Uh, what? Post up already? You got anything else to say? We're an hour in. Great episode. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. I liked it. No, it was one of my favorite chapters so far. It opened up my eyes a lot more than most. I can't lie. My favorite story is the emotional throes of the lovers lovers <laughs> quarrel mm-hmm. the, the girl from the east <laughs> every she story came in, took it all <laughs> starts with a girl from the east everything starts with a with a all woman <laughs> well, sometimes as a man i've met women who have gone bankrupt not bankrupt but broke and their credit has been destroyed because of men so it's not always the women no, of course, of course. It's it's people, yeah, humans. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a fun conversation. Looking forward to the next one next week. Chapter seven of the richest men in Babylon. Wait, are we gonna do? Are we gonna do more than? Cause that is like literally two or three pages. Oh, well, maybe seven and eight. We'll have to. We'll see how much we can get in. Yeah, I was gonna say though. Yeah, it's two. It's three pages. It is three pages, but we have half-hour episodes, too, and those are good. I've listened to them. No, don't forget to follow. Uh, well, Wait, I, I hate when people say, end? don't forget. I forget how people say, don't How about, forget. please, like it's and subscribe. And <laughs> if you feel like it, yeah. If you feel like it, it would mean a lot to us. If you like the episode, subscribe, share it with... Find us on YouTube. Your peers. Check out our socials. TikTok, Facebook, all of those. We're trying to be cool. <laughs> all right, we'll see everybody there. Bye. Peace. Bye. See you next week on Learn With Us.